it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. From the Fox News Radio Studios in Midtown Manhattan, it's the fastest growing radio talk show. Brian Kilmeade. With Allison, with Pete, and with Eric, I'm Harry Hurley, filling in today for Brian. Brian has the day off. Welcome to the Brian Kilmeade Show, which has earned its place on what I call the Mount Rushmore of talk radio programs in America today. In other words, there can only be four, and Brian is one of them, and he's not fourth. Talkers Magazine places Brian on its Mount Rushmore of radio talk show hosts in America. You can follow Brian at briankilmead.com, thebriankilmeadshow.com. Brian is also a New York Times bestselling author. Brian's latest bestseller is available. It's the president and the freedom fighter, Abraham Lincoln, Frederick Douglass, and their battle to save America's soul. It's now available in paperback edition at briankilmead.com. And, of course, Brian's work on Fox and Friends and his great show on Saturday night as well on the Fox News Channel. Welcome to the Brian Kilmeade Show. It is a pleasure to welcome a friend and a colleague that we we go way back together. And he has done such important work uh, for the Fox News Channel. He's Fox News correspondent Griff Jenkins. You can follow Griff. Uh, his handle on Twitter is at Griff Jenkins, G-R-I-F-F Jenkins. J-E-N-K-I-N-S, at Griff Jenkins, who joins us now on the Brian Kilmeade Show Newsmaker Hotline. This is a cornucopia (laughs) buffet, my friend. There is so much going on. Harry, listen, it's great to be with you. Happy Tuesday. And the check is in the mail for the kind words you always bestow on me. I am far from deserving of them, but it's always great to talk to you, and you're too kind to say them. All earned. All earned, my friend. So let me just throw it out to you, a general question. I have some specific, narrower things I want to cover in the 15 minutes or so that we have together. But let's cover your view from your very coveted perch. Latest news at the White House from your perspective. Well, you know, with what with regards to what subject, I mean, you know, Harry, it's fascinating to hear you say, you know, what's the latest out of the White House? And, and there was a time, and, you know, for many years I've held a uh, White House pass going back to Bush and Obama and Trump. And now it's so unbelievably controlled. Uh, and, you know, we just had President Biden go over to Ireland and take no questions yeah, in terrible. terms of a press conference. Just awful. And in and, and the job of the White House press corps, in the job of the White House press secretary, that's Corinne Jean-Pierre currently, is to work to get information as it pertains to the executive office out to the American people. That's and, and Griff, the, let, me do a, let me do a quick little probe there, a little follow-up for you to yeah. respond to this, because we have to actually endure Corinne Jean-Pierre saying things such as, President Biden has taken more questions than Presidents Bush, Obama, and Trump put together. Now, that's unserious. Every every person that covers the White House, yourself and all your colleagues, Peter Ducey, everybody that, that covers it either directly or at some level, uh, knows that that is just completely intellectually dishonest. Uh, not only have they not taken more questions than those three combined – 
they've taken he, he's taken less questions than all of them. And I think it's because he says things like but, while in Ireland and, and things like uh, let's go out and lick the world. I'm still trying to figure out what that means. I know he loves ice cream, chocolate chip to be specific, but let's go out and lick the world. I mean, my God, I don't, I don't even know what that means. So what do you do as a really intrepid, uh, excellent, elite caliber uh, journalist when you hear blatantly false things like that? Well, listen, it doesn't matter if it's completely inaccurate, Harry. If it's in Corinne Jean-Pierre's binder, then it is so, because everything that's in the binder is what she's going to read. She doesn't engage in common sense uh, dialogue. It just is in the binder, so she says it. And you're right. It's preposterous. Everybody knows that's not true. And, you know, any intrepid journalist in the White House today is going to do the only thing they can do. We know that the president has a a uh, small organized event in the Rose Garden today to deliver some remarks on, uh, uh, you know, how they can help strengthen the economy. It's often an economic message because we're in this weird post-pandemic thing where yeah. inflation isn't coming down, uh, perhaps a little bit on the, on, the, on the paper, on the sheets, but it certainly doesn't feel like it when you go buy eggs and gasoline. And, right. And, you know, and Griff, it, as you know, it's been 161 days going into today since the last Biden press conference. It's been 201 days or so uh, since the last interview with an American journalist. The American people deserve access to information. And, and, and darn it, it should be it should be truthful. I mean, I understand, you know, that, that they're politicians and whatnot. But this has been like you said, we have the great binder, the great teleprompter of the United States of America. But yesterday, as you know, they put a lid on the White House at 930 in the morning. Like, hey, hey, great start to the week. We're shut down. It's 930 a.m. This is crazy. Listen, that that is not only is that uh, outrageous, it's more often not the norm. They were getting those those early lids, and you know, you talk about sitting down with a with a, a, an actual national journalist. It it, it really is stunning to me that this White House believes that the president isn't able to actually sit down with an esteemed journalist like our own Brett Baer, who's yeah. offered countless times, who would be among the fairest of all journalists to sit down. For an hour and cover everything from the the budget debt ceiling fight that's coming, the economy, but also work in the fact that, you know, we've got investigations now into withdrawal of Afghanistan. We've got Title 42 on the border going away in 23 days from now, an unprecedented crisis with a highly likely disastrous reality coming in less than a month. And you've got investigations that he should be asked about, about whether or not members of his family, including Hunter Biden, benefited uh, financially uh, over the years of, 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 of his being formerly the vice president, now the president, with regards to influence peddling. Yeah. And Griff, let's and, go there. Those just joining us, it's the Brian Kilmeade Show, Griff Jenkins, Fox News uh, correspondent on the Brian Kilmeade Show Newsmaker Hotline. Six new Biden family members now tied to the Biden probe. That is a total of nine. That's not a small number. If you look at the first bank records that totaled $3 million, the, that, that's the thing about evidence. 
it's stubborn and it's persistent. A million of that went to three Biden family members uh, and allegedly this unnamed Biden family member that some people suspect could be the president or we just don't know. It's just unnamed at this point. But now six more. This is going to get to the point where they can't ignore and do what they usually do, obfuscate and and act like it's lies and it's just not true. It never happened. These bank records, I believe, are going to be very compelling as we get more and more of them. And Chairman Comer said this morning on the Fox News Channel that that more information is going to be released to the public very shortly. What did you think when you heard six new additional Biden family members are now tied to this probe? Well, it, you know, I, 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 the, what I thought was, look at what the Oversight Committee, House Oversight Committee, now chaired by Republican James Comer, is getting into. And by the way, let's not uh, forget that – and I covered this story. My story one day last week, uh, they all run together. I can't remember what day it was. Maybe it was Tuesday or Wednesday of last week. We had Fox News Digital did the due diligence to simply take a fresh look at old records, particularly including uh, the visitor logs at the White House and the Naval Observatory, because remember Joe Biden was vice president then, that that had these seven uh, associates of Hunter Biden and that now defunct firm Rosemont Seneca visiting the White House, including a vice president of the company, more than 80 times. And it involved meetings with uh, with Biden's VP Biden's you know uh, uh, high ranking staff, and so it's not like they're making it up. I mean, they're taking an actual hard look at it. And so, you know, my my reaction, I would say, without knowing exactly where it's going to lead, it's going to lead to learning more of the facts surrounding what appears to be uh, influence peddling. And, and it's going to be interesting to see how the White House handles it, because remember, so far, they have been absolutely silent. And with yep. regards to Hunter, uh, understandably, I'll defend them saying, hey, there's an investigation, a federal and a congressional investigation. And it's that federal investigation, particularly, that would prevent the White House from commenting specifically on Hunter Biden. But in the broader issue of, you know, these these uh, uh, past uh, associates of Hunter Biden's making 80 plus trips to the White House, like that's that's worth that. That's a question that's worthy of, of being asked and answered. Without a doubt, Griff Jenkins on the Brian Kilmeade show, you and your colleagues, Colleague Bill Malusian have been absolutely amazing uh, on the border, on the issue of migration, uh, illegal migration into the United States of America. And you touched a little bit ago on Brian's show, Griff, about the expiration of Title 42. This has been, as you know, and you've spoken very, very well about this. It's been a very helpful tool. I can't imagine in less than a month what this is actually going to look like. Uh, losing Title 42 because you can't be in an emergency forever and the CDC, you know, all that made it possible for this to be put in place. And with absent that this goes away, uh, it's going to be really challenging, isn't it, Griff? It sure is. And, you know, I, I 
tweeted just, you know, earlier this morning, uh, we got last night uh, the release of the March official, March fiscal year 2023 uh, numbers. And it's uh, 191,899 migrant encounters. And uh, that's up more than 35,000 from February. Now, last March was 222,000. So it's not quite as high as last March. But the increase, remember, they were off the charts in October, November, December, over 230,000-plus. Then all of a sudden it came down because they started doing the the increased Title 42s for those four countries of Venezuela, Haiti, Nicaragua, and Cuba. Why? Because those countries don't have repatriation agreements with the U.S., meaning we don't recognize their government, so we don't have anywhere to send these people, so they got released. Now we did a deal where Mexico will hold them. But now you're seeing this increase from February 156,000 now up to 191, getting closer to that 200,000. That's because the fact that you've got warmer weather coming, which happens every time this year when it gets into the warmer spring months, but also it's starting to increase because the cartels realize we're getting close to the end of Title 42 on May 11th, and that's go day. So what are they doing? They're simply putting more and more pressure on border officials and trying to increase the numbers because when they flood the zone, and that's the best way to sort of uh, uh, put it, it, it becomes an untenable situation. And we're going to see that, mark my words, here when we get to Title 42 going away. And what's interesting is that in you know, uh, interview after interview, you've still got Alejandro Mayorkas, DHS secretary, saying that it's not – the border's not open. It's not a crisis. There's challenges. We're working on fentanyl. Well, at the end of the day, what they tried to do, Harry, is use this app, the CBP-1 app, to have all the migrants sign up and get paroled legally in the U.S. to cut down on the number of migrants coming illegally across between the ports of entry. That's the – Theory. That's what they thought they could pull off, and it is reducing some illegal numbers because there are migrants filling out the CBP-1 app to get clearance to come into the U.S. for two years, be paroled, turned loose, but yet there's so many coming, it's not – they can't get enough. And so that's why you saw uh, a fire last month in yeah. Juarez across from El Paso. The reason why is that the migrants, particularly – those from countries like Venezuela and Nicaragua are frustrated that they can't get the app fast enough. So the administration literally tried to make it legal, but yet they were frustrated because they couldn't get it fast enough. That's where we're standing now. And here's the crazy thing. It's bad now, and you're absolutely correct. It can only get worse. The other problem is they never seem to have a plan. Like we know that there's a date certain that this Title 42 expires. They don't tell us, but don't worry, we've got a plan. We know what we're doing. We're on top of this. They just seem to allow the crisis to take place, and then they try to hide the crisis with late-night flights and bus trips and ice water bottles and all this uh, and their little bags of goodies. It's really tough stuff. Griff, always a pleasure to present you, my friend. Harry, great to join you. Let's talk in a month from today, and you'll see, as you said, they don't have a plan. He is Griff Jenkins, and this is The Brian Kilmeade Show. Newsmakers and newsbreakers, hear it first on The Brian Kilmeade Show. 
Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. He's so busy, he'll make your head spin. It's Brian Kilmeade. That is so true. Welcome back to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Brian has the day off. I'm partnering with Allison Pete and Eric, as you know, so I'm in the best of hands. And welcome to a very busy news day on the Brian Kilmeade Show. A lot of ground to still cover. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, one of the best in the business. He'll be joining us right after the bottom of the hour break. And let's set some of that up right here, right now. The, the conversation right now that I believe is really taking root in America, and artificial intelligence is not new. There are hotels in Japan. There are all kinds of automated uh, systems now that used to be human jobs. I mean, it's been an evolution as artificial intelligence uh, becomes more and more prevalent. But we are seeing, and it almost feels a little bit like if you're a Star Trek fan, like it's gone a bit into trans-warp drive, not just warp drive, but trans-warp drive. Kirk never had trans-warp drive. That was a problem when he took the comm. But that's another story. Eric, that was for you. Uh, in any event, the um, the issue of artificial intelligence and the – Social media platforms, because who out there, raise your hand unless you're driving, who believes on the Brian Kilmeade show that the government only had access to Twitter? So one of the reasons I thought it was so important that Elon Musk, when he purchased Twitter, and and look at at what risk. I mean, this guy was loved by the social liberal Democrats, hard left, by the media, loved him. Loved everything about him. He's digging tunnels under the ground. He's sending spaceships up that can land perfectly on platforms in the ocean, all this stuff. They loved him. Tesla, didn't matter if cars went on fire. They loved him. Everything was perfect. He bought Twitter, and then forget about it. They hate him. Hate him overnight. But him buying this platform was enormous because we found out about the coordination. It was completely unholy, filthy, dirty. They manipulated so many things. They manipulated what could be posted, what couldn't be posted, and just so much about this. And this Tucker interview with Elon was amazing. Cut to, Eric. Free speech is the bedrock of a functioning democracy. Yes. Um, And the the speech needs to be as uh, transparent and truthful as possible. Um, So we've we've got a, a huge push. Uh, on Twitter to be as truthful as possible. We've got this uh, community notes feature, which is great. Um, it is great. It is awesome. Yeah. Um, and it's like... I saw it this morning. Yeah. It was far more honest than the New York Times. It's, it's great. And, and I think the, the effect of uh, community notes uh, is more powerful than, than people may realize because once people know that they, they could get noted, um, you know, community noted on Twitter, then uh, they'll think the, more carefully about what they say. Uh, they are likely it's basically it's an encouragement to be more truthful and less deceptive such an important interview colonel west joins us next this is the brian kilmeade show information you want truth you demand this is the brian kilmeade show the degree to which uh, various government agencies had effectively had full access to everything that was going on on Twitter uh, blew my mind. 
Um, I was not aware of that. Would that include people's DMs? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, because the DMs are not encrypted. So one of the first, you know, one of the things that we're about to release uh, is the ability to encrypt your DMs. That's pretty heavy duty, though, because a lot of well-known people, reporters talking to their sources, government officials, the richest people yeah. in the world, sure. they're DMing each other. And the assumption, obviously, it was incorrect, but was that that's private, but that was being read by various governments? Uh, yeah, that seems to be the yes. Welcome back to the Brian Kilmeade Show with Allison, Pete, and Eric Harry Hurley filling in today for Brian. Who has the day off? You know, they say in this business that great follow-up questions are really where it's at because Elon Musk was giving great content, but it probably would have come off much more benign had Tucker not had that intuitive just brilliance that he has. He's a good man, good friend, and, uh, you know, quite a journalist, quite a reporter, and, and, and quite a personality. He got out of Elon Musk, hey, no, no, it's not just the government that's doing window dressing in the platform. The government is in your private messages that you send to business associates, to your family members. I mean, it's outrageous. And I know that Colonel West remembers when there was reports back in the President George W. Bush era. And that, that of course, was at least you could say that was at a time where a very dangerous terrorist enemy attacked us very unconventionally. I think one movie had a plot of, of planes being used like that. But we used to think differently. They knew how we thought. We didn't know how they thought. So we didn't think, hey, they're willing to forfeit their lives and use these planes as missiles. So I don't want to forgive one and condemn another. But at least then we had our intelligence agencies were not communicating with one another. We just didn't know. Uh, we, we were much simpler. I mean, it's really amazing. Uh, September 11th, 2001 made America get out of training pants and, and put on the big boy pants and grow up. And joining us on the Brian Kilmeade Show Newsmaker Hotline is Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, the American Constitutional Rights Union Executive Director, former congressman from Florida's 22nd Congressional District, the author of the books Hold Texas, Hold the Nation, Victory or Death, and We Can Overcome, an American Black Conservative Manifesto. Colonel, welcome to Brian's program. It's good to be back on with Brian, and also good to hear your voice, Harry. Thank you very much, sir. Let's let's talk about what Elon Musk and Tucker were chatting about, and, and I really can't wait for part two uh, tonight because this, this now, I, I think it's not a leap. You tell me if you're on board, Colonel. I don't think it's a leap to say that Twitter was the only social media platform where the government was meddling to this degree. I mean, spying on the American people. I don't even understand how that could possibly be constitutional, what they were doing. Uh, but it tells me that they were doing it on the other platforms as well. And had Musk not purchased Twitter, we wouldn't know these truths that are now becoming self-evident. Your thoughts? No, we wouldn't know these truths. And, of course, you're absolutely right, Harry. Uh, what's going on at Twitter and what we have come to know, without a doubt, is being replicated at, at other, some of these other social media platforms. And uh, I think that people have been hinting at that. But I want to go back to something that you talked about, because the reaction that we had to 9-11 with the Patriot Act, you always have to start thinking about when government creates these things, uh, who can take a well-intentioned uh, 
uh, policy and then turn it against the American people and use go. it for their own uh, elevation and or nefarious intents. And that's exactly what we've seen happen with the Patriot Act. That's why I'm concerned about this restrict act that is going on right now in the uh, in the United States Senate, because there's something about government that always seeks how can we, as Rahm Emanuel said, never let a good crisis go to waste. Go. And how can we further our ability to restrict or restrain the freedoms of the American people? So now, you know, do we really have freedom of press? Yep. Do we really have freedom of speech? Do we really have the freedom of expression? No, it's, it's almost this Orwellian type of world in which we're living where Big Brother is watching every single thing that we do. And now we have proof. And let me double down on something that you just said. I remember well, I was blessed, I was fortunate enough to be on air at the time. I was literally on the air when the terrorist uh, uh, enemy attacked us on September 11, 2001. We replay it every year because the American media, the legacy media, uh, I'm speaking about in particular the Democrat media, they want Americans to forget about that because America was united. Mm-hmm. It's really the last time that we were united. The Democrats then went on a campaign, hey, when can we trash Bush again? When's it going to be okay to criticize? And we've never been, we've been divided ever since. But I do remember speaking to our listeners about a law like this. I trust President Bush to not abuse it. But the problem with a law like this is someone down the road who we don't know who it's going to be, and they did yep. it all with the illegal FISA warrants. They lied to the FISA court. Yep. and they, they spied on people's you know, f- journalists, their parents, everything. So mm-hmm. I, just like with the gun issue, every time little babies and little children and adults are killed, the Democrats want to quickly try to go after the Second Amendment, which I know is so near and dear to you, Colonel West. And so I say that any legislation that is ever put on the books at a time of supreme sorrow and emotion is typically very dangerous and very bad. No, I agree with you wholeheartedly, and that's why leadership should not be emotional-based. It should be based upon protecting our liberties and freedoms here in the United States of America. And you're right, but interestingly enough, when you look at the recent shooting that just happened in Nashville, it is less about – you know, what happened to those six individuals, especially three nine-year-old kids. No one is talking about the three nine-year-old kids. It's more so about, you know, how we have to protect the gender dysphoric uh, community. They're trying to make this about gun control once again, but if you go back and you look at what happened, there should have been all types of red flags with the person that went to five different gun stores and purchased seven different weapons, you know, within a short period of time. Someone should have been looking at that and seeing that. And so when we do have these, quote, unquote, background check systems that are in place, the government is allowing people to seek, seek, seek through. But yet when it comes to our speech and everything, they're sitting back and watching us. Why is it that the FBI was trying to infiltrate Catholic churches? There you go. I, I mean, this is crazy what's going on. So obviously if you are the Catholic Church and if you have a pro-life stance, that's against the leftist agenda. And so we're going to start looking at your messaging. We're going to start to infiltrate the church. We're going to spy on you. On the Brian Kilmeade Show Newsmaker Hotline is Lieutenant Colonel Alan West. Let's go to Jack Teixeira. Colonel, I, I know I'm going to just tee this up, but mm-hmm. I know you're going to you're going to drive it straight center cut. Uh, at least three, 350 yards, 350 yards. The 21-year-old Jack Teixeira, Massachusetts heir 
National Guardsman. A lot of Americans are hung up on that he's 21 years old. Oh, my gosh. How does a 21-year-old obtain sensitive classified documents? But if you look, and you know this, but I want Brian's listeners to, to focus on this, too. Half of our enlisted are 25 years and younger. In, in yeah. large measure, it's a young person's business, and then we're blessed to have very experienced superior officers with, with many decades of experience. So I'm not hung up on the fact that Jack Teixeira is 21 years old. I'm hung up on why do people like him have such access to this level of security, sensitive type classified documentation. Mm-hmm. Why is that, Colonel? Well, you know, having been in the military for 22 years, I will tell you that you're right. You have 18 to 21-year-olds that do have high-level uh, security classifications because they're dealing with some high-level uh, issues, but it's within the scope of their duties and their responsibilities. Now, this comes down to leadership. Uh, someone should have been making sure that, you know, someone like Jack Teixeira was not accessing information that he did not have a need to know on. Exactly. That's the critical thing. And we had many times that we would sit down at least once a month and go over operational security and intelligence security, information security, because you have to continue to do this. We, we call it, you know, the, the refresher training. But what is happening in our military is that they're too focused on woke policies. They're too focused on cultural Marxism. They're too focused now. The military is saying that we're going to go and uh, transition your children uh, without you knowing parents in the military. So you're off on a deployment. You don't know what's being done to your dependent child. So this is a breakdown in leadership because I had many young troops that had, you know, top-level security clearances. But they knew what their duties and responsibilities were, and they knew that you just didn't go out there and leak information. But we've been there before a la Bradley Manning. Yes. And, of course, Bradley Manning, you know, played the uh, the uh, I'm gender dysphoric card and I'm Chelsea Manning, and he was released pardoning the Obama administration. So let's see what ends up happening with this young man. But without a doubt, this goes back to a failure in the chain of command and leadership. Colonel West, in terms of uh, everything that's really seemingly being highlighted that, that isn't as important I think what's important is what the documents actually revealed. It revealed about Ukraine, what's going well, what's not going well. It revealed about Taiwan. It revealed about China and their intentions and how vulnerable Taiwan is. I mean, all kinds of things that we have an administration, Colonel, that doesn't ever seem to have a plan, whether it's uh, Afghanistan uh, whether it's the spy, uh, the China spy satellite that we were blatantly lied to. They said that it was we we deactivated it. It was of no concern. Now we find out it was doing figure eights around all kinds of sensitive yeah. stuff, and that China got everything it wanted. So I think we need to focus on the the problems that these documents actually highlight. No, without a doubt. And, and again, it comes back to what we initially talked about. You've got administration, you've got a government now that's more so concerned about uh, infiltrating the Catholic Church and, you know, suppressing our free speech, uh, and that they work with Twitter on that, than they are about their own duties and responsibilities that they have as the government to keep us safe and secure. Uh, and that starts, at the, again, it starts with leadership. So you've got a person like Joe Biden who's just been off on a taxpayer-funded family vacation 
vacay yeah. in Ireland. Uh, then he comes and goes to his beach house over the weekend to chill out a little bit more. And then when he's supposed to show back up to work Monday, uh, he decides that, you know, I'm not going to have any public events. So what are you doing? What You know, and, and for him to say that this whole leak thing is not a real big deal. It is a real big deal. Uh, the Chinese spy balloon it is a real big deal. Yep. You don't hover over uh, nuclear, uh, you know, missile sites, and 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 that's not a big deal. So we've got a serious problem with this government. But the bottom line, Harry, is they see their political opposition as the real enemy. Yes. They don't see China as an enemy. So true. And, and so, so they true. could care less about them. That is so true. And I'll tell you, I was, I was very concerned. I heard the president say from Ireland, and he shouldn't have said it. He said, I'm not concerned about the leak. There's nothing contemporaneous. Of course, it's all contemporaneous. It's all very fresh uh, classified data. He was exactly wrong with that. Then he said, let's lick the world. I mean, I don't don't even know what to say. It's so it's 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 so sad. It's it's and it's scary. And our unfortunately, our enemies, he's brought China and Russia together. That's exactly what Nixon and Kissinger didn't do. They said you cannot have Russia and and uh, and China get together in in, in in a Batman type villain uh, relationship and of course North Korea, Iran, everything that's going on is just the world's on fire. In the couple of minutes that we have, we have two minutes, Colonel. It's Lieutenant Colonel Alan yep. West on the Brian Kilmeade show. Tell me how this is possible because we've heard about this before. Now we have actual arrests that prove for anybody that didn't believe that it was going on that there are secret, you know where I'm going, Chinese police stations in our country, in the United States of America, two were arrested yesterday. They're running a secret China police station. I don't know of any secret yeah. American police stations in China. I'm sure you don't either. How is this yeah. even possible in our country? Uh, because of the Chinese checkbook. Uh, we just found out that there are more Biden uh, family members that receive uh, cash, and, and it seems to be tracked back to uh, to China. We're getting this from the uh, suspicious activity reports uh, that are being now released from the Department of Treasury. China has bought up the, the, the high-level leadership in the United States of America. That is on our college and university campus, political leadership, you name it. Uh, and we have got to detach ourselves from China. China should not be buying up farmland in the United States of America. Agreed. China should not be buying up land next to our, uh, you know, very important uh, vital military installations. So just check out the Chinese checkbook, and, and that will tell you exactly how all of these things are happening in America. Knew you'd have the answer, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West. Always a pr- pleasure to present you on the Brian Kilmeade Show, sir. Thank you so much, Harry. God bless. You're welcome. Be well. We'll be back shortly. Much more important content straight ahead because this is the Brian Kilmeade Show. Giving you everything you need to know. You're with Brian Kilmeade. From his mouth to your ears, it's Brian Kilmeade. Welcome back to the Brian Kilmeade Show, partnering with Allison, Pete, and Eric. I'm Harry Hurley, filling in today for Brian. Uh, who has the day off, you can follow Brian, of course. Pretty simple, briankilmead.com and thebriankilmeadshow.com. The paperback edition of The President and the Freedom Fighter, Abraham Lincoln, Frederick Douglass, and their battle to save America's soul is available at briankilmead.com so that you have the um, the merchandise, the retail store right there at briankilmead.com. And I'll tell you, it's really great because – when you have the hardback edition, that's awesome, and we, we actually did a, a promotion with it. 
uh, that people loved. And the paperback edition gives the author an opportunity to add some things. And uh, it's really um, it's it's worth having both is what I'm saying. So if you haven't picked up the paperback edition, BrianKilmead.com. Welcome to the Brian Kilmead Show. Busy news day. I want to further this conversation, which we've been sort of talking around the edges with respect to some of this artificial intelligence. I've been giving a lot of thought. And there's a movie, if you want to, it's not a primer, but if you want to get a little taste for almost where we are as a civilization, as a country, there's a movie, Ex Machina. So if you remember X and you remember kind of machine, but not an E, an A at the end, on almost all the different uh, platforms, I'm not sure what cable system you have or if you have Dish or whatever, but I watched it about five days ago, I think it was. Not, maybe not even. Yeah, it was about, a, about a five days a week ago. And just blown away. Blown away. And then you go put that next to Elon Musk on Tucker Carlson's Fox News Channel program, where if you haven't caught up yet with part one, part two of the interview is tonight. It is, it is compelling. And... Elon Musk reveals to what extent the government has been involved. Nobody knew that. People suspected it, but nobody knew it for sure. Now it's confirmed. So you have to, unless it's proven otherwise, it's not a leap. It's not a dramatic leap to say that it's got to be on the other platforms as well because they all worked in coordination. They shut down certain speech and didn't, didn't want certain people to be heard and other people could say anything. And you could just tell that there were just, you know, it's almost like our weaponized uh, legal system. Just different rules. And it's not what you did. It happens to be who you are. And you could do something far worse and get what they call TCO'd, taken care of. And someone does far less and gets the hammer dropped. So it's, it's very, very scary. It's also very exciting. It's a time of great, you know, you talk about different ages in history. This is a big one. We'll be back. This is the guy. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. From high atop Fox News headquarters in New York City, always seeking solutions, never sowing division. It's Brian Kilmeade. Welcome to the Brian Kilmeade Show, partnering with Allison Pete and Eric. I'm Harry Hurley, filling in today for Brian, who has the day off. Welcome to the Brian Kilmeade Show, which we've coined this. I really love saying this, that Brian is on the Mount Rushmore of talk radio programs in America today. You hear that sometimes in sports vernacular, like who are the four on the Mount Rushmore in golf or basketball, and it it starts great debate. Uh, Legitimately, literally, Brian is, by Talkers Magazine, they place Brian on its Mount Rushmore of radio talk show hosts in America. There's only room for four and Brian is certainly one of them. You can follow Brian Kilmeade at briankilmeade.com and thebriankilmeadeshow.com. Brian is a New York Times bestselling author. Brian's latest bestseller is The President and the Freedom Fighter, Abraham Lincoln, Frederick Douglass, and their battle to save America's soul. Uh, if, like me, in your library you have the hardback edition, I can report that the paperback edition is available right now at briankilmeade.com. So I would get that. There's additional content, and it's a really good uh, companion to the um, to the hardback edition. 
And, of course, Brian's great work on the Fox News channel, both Fox and Friends, and his wonderful program on Saturday night that has an instant replay uh, right afterward, same evening. Joining us on the Brian Kilmeade Show Newsmaker Hotline is the New York Post writer, John Levine. Let's let's set this up because yesterday was a very important day because these New York City crime crisis hearings of the United States House of Representatives, House Judiciary Committee, the public hearing on New York City crime and the, the crime crisis was really a very important matter. And then, of course, you have something completely unserious said by the New York congressman, Gerald Nadler, who really embarrassed himself. That's not hard for him to do. He does it pretty regular basis. Eric, cut 30. They have perpetuated the anti-Semitic and racist tropes that Mr. Trump has directed at both the prosecutor and the judge in this case. They are using their public offices and the resources of this committee to protect their political patron, Donald Trump. It is an outrageous abuse of power. It is, to use the chairman's favorite term, a weaponization of the House Judiciary Committee. I do not know. I mean, literally laughing, a laughing stock. And, and John, welcome to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Their identity politics, their woke, broke, joke agenda, I think it's wearing very thin on the American people, not not necessarily what did you think of that, but we just played it. So what did you think of that, and well, what did you, you think about – yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's great to be here, but you can hear no one in the audience even wants to hear it. They start laughing while the words are coming out of his mouth. That's true. It's, it's, true. Just, it's just so tired. It's so – it's a playbook. Whenever there's an inconvenient fact, uh, racist, uh, you know, this and that, you know, it's – you know, I, I, if you look at the crime being committed against, you know, Jewish people in New York and, and Asian people in New York, I, I assure you, it's not white supremacists. Um, but they, they don't have – they have no playbook. And Jerry Nadler is – it's particularly egregious because he's the top Democrat on this committee, and he represents New York and actually Manhattan where Alvin Bragg is DA. So he actually is he, – he, he sees it. So he's either – he's either being dishonest when he says there's nothing to see here or – He's in denial because the fact of the matter is we have a real problem in New York City. You go into the subway, and it's like at night, and it's like a war zone. Yep. You go into CBS, and everything is locked up like the Golden Fort Knox. Why are we living this way? How did it get this way? These are these are very annoying questions for someone like Jerry Nadler who wants to say, oh, nothing to see here. This is all about Trump. John, have you figured, John have you, there, there certainly is something to see here. It's, it's very big. Have you figured out a question that I find rather elusive? How did this become what they think is their winning agenda, their their philosophy of governance, that they pretend the cops are bad, that bad or bad guys are good guys, get them out as quick as possible? Three hundred and twenty-seven people committed six thousand uh, robberies and crimes in New York. I mean, it, it is catch and release. It's a disaster. Uh, the mayor Adams says that New York is the the safest big city in America. And I started to give that some thought. I thought that can't possibly be true, but the others are so bad. I guess I would say uh, New York is better than Chicago, safer, safer than maybe Portland. So you start, you, you, you give a false sort of narrative there by making it like it's safe. It's not safe. You know, you well, might be able to yeah. split hairs there. But what what is the answer to how this could possibly be their winning philosophy of governance. Safer than Chicago is like saying safer than Gaza. But there uh, you sure. go. 
maybe we're safer than Chicago. Yeah. Well, you know, I think the root of the problem is people just don't remember how bad it used to be because we didn't see peak crime in New York City until the late 80s and early 90s. And even in 1992, when Rudy Giuliani won his race, there were like 2,500 murders that year. And he won by two points. It was a close race. Because even then, it was hard to convince people that this was an issue. But I think today, you know, when I was growing up, my father always told me, never ride the subways at night. And I thought he was crazy because the subways were perfectly safe when I was in high school and college. And Bloomberg was in charge. It was 12 very calm years. And everything was safe. And I think people just started to think that public safety was how it was and that New York was just a safe city. So why do we have these people in jail? Why do we have so many people locked up? You know, and, and, and the criminal justice advocates, the same people who are responsible for the degeneration in the, 60s, in the 70s and 80s, start coming back up and say, oh, my God, and why is this person in jail? He only stole, you know, some deodorant or some hairspray or some, some electric razors from the CVS. You know, they want to make it seem like everyone is like Jean Valjean taking a loaf of bread. But, you know, the shoplifting epidemic in the city is caused by criminal gangs. The same 327 guys are responsible for like a third yes. of all shoplifting. Who, who now know that they can just steal uh, with impunity and nothing's right. going to happen. The paperwork ink is right. still wet when they're walking out laughing and they're out there doing it again. And, of course, we know that, that some of the key Democrats were raising funds to bail people out when they used to have to bail people out before cashless bail. It's really unbelievable what team they suit up with. Like, it's almost it is bizarre world. We forgot. We yeah. forgot that public safety isn't a natural state of things. Yeah. Be a safety is not natural. What's natural is chaos. Order is not natural. Order requires systems in place and work to maintain it. And if you start taking those pieces away, it's like remember that game Jenga? Yeah, oh, yeah. Pull out a piece. You know, bail yeah. reform. Okay, pull out a piece. Yeah. You know, you know we're, we're, every every new initiative eventually every, collapses. Is another you. is another piece that that comes out of the Jenga, and you can take out one or two pieces. Didn't happen overnight, but eventually, you know, it starts to fall down. Yeah, the tower collapses. John Levine, New York Post writer on The Brian Kilmeade Show. Let's go to the Biden family because, you know, there were three and then there were nine. Six additional, we'll call them new Biden family members, now tied to this Biden probe. Is this at some point going to become an issue that the legacy liberal elite Democrat media will ultimately not be able to just ignore as they've ignored it to date? Well, I, I can tell you the legacy liberal Democrat media has a very great capacity to ignore stuff. So I don't think they're – I think there's – it's going to still take a while more for them to sort of get to get on the, on the wagon with some of this. But it's really incredible. Like I, I feel like we're almost running out of Bidens now. So we have nine – we have six – they announced like six more Bidens were yeah. found in the suspicious activity report. We don't, we don't know who they are. Um, I mean, maybe one of them is Joe Biden. I don't know. They, I, you know, I'm hoping we'll, they'll announce soon who they are. And look, I, these suspicious activity reports are a bit of a black box because they're not. Al- they're only allowed to go to the Treasury and look at them in person, and then they can take notes and they can leave. They can't actually remove them, and they right. thus far have not been able to disseminate them to the press. So I. But, but John, what about this, for example? And I know yeah. it's about being the best if you will, storyteller, truth teller, $3 million in that initial set of bank records, $3 million. 
It's yeah. shown that Walker transferred one million of it to three Bidens, Hunter, uh, Bo's former wife, Hunter's lover. Uh, and I forget who the third one was, maybe, uh, you know, I think uh, it was just un- Biden. Yeah, the unnamed one. Exactly. That's why yeah. I can't remember it, because it was unnamed Biden, but a Biden. So there's a million dollars. Now, yeah. somebody that's intellectually curious. All right. So what was that money for? What, what, what did you get that for a company that has close ties to the Communist Chinese Party? And you've got these dollars being it's almost like crooked campaigns that wheel money and it goes into this pass through and then out to that one and ultimately into these accounts. The good news is I believe the bank records are going to tell an incontrovertible story. But I, I you know this, if you replace three Bidens with three Trumps or pick who you want, uh, they would be all over it. They'd be printing right. oh. the bank records. They'd be showing what did this person get, 500000 Why did this one get three wire transfers totaling this amount? What did they do for it? Is this ever going to matter? No. If, if, if Donald Trump Jr. was peddling the same stuff, I mean, we don't even need to finish that sentence. Yes. But, yeah, it will matter. I think at a certain point, and again, we, we need to just uh, we need to wait a little bit and we need to keep hoping and, and that we'll continue to get new information from the various committees investigating this. And eventually we'll see. And if there's a there there, then I, I, I still have faith in America that it will matter and people will start paying attention. And especially in the 2024 presidential campaign, you know, President Biden wrote this off four years ago. He said, this is fake news. This is Russian disinformation. Bah, 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 bah. Now we've, we've, we've learned a lot more. And a lot of those canards have been put to bed. So there will be a lot to answer for in the 2024 election if Joe Biden does run again, which he has indicated he will. Yeah, that's been delayed. And I have my own suspicions about all that. You know, he makes it clear he's running, but he won't say he's running. So who knows? I I think betting money is on that he is going to run, but there's got to be a reason he's not announcing. I know the news cycles have been bad. His poll numbers are even worse. Uh, you're listening to John Yanarelli, retired FBI, was a member of the executive staff of the FBI Cyber Division, member of the FBI SWAT team, and his handle, very, very easy to remember. And I remember speaking to you before. I find you very, very fascinating. Uh, 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 oh, yeah, uh, I, I take that back. I'm sorry, John. John Levine, New York Post writer, uh, and his handle is Levine, but spelled L-E-V-I-N-E, Jonathan, traditional, my son-in-law has the same first name, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N, Levine Jonathan. That's his handle uh, on Twitter. John, in terms of the Disney and DeSantis, just a quick comment. We're going to talk about that uh, a bit right after you. Uh, is DeSantis, I think at one point he was winning with Disney, and now I think things have turned a bit, quite a bit, on DeSantis, poll numbers. And obviously you could throw the kitchen sink into this, John. You could say, hey, look, the indictment of Trump, the arraignment, his poll numbers went up, his fundraising went bananas, 20 million in a week and all of that. But something's going on with DeSantis. And I don't know if it's that he can announce because he's got the governor problem with the legislation. I don't know why they're not passing that. They, they should probably get that done. So at some point he can say, hey, I'm running for president and not have to quit as governor. That's not going to be something he'll do. He's going to run. And if he doesn't win, he's going to be governor. He's not going to say, hey, I quit and I'm not running. You know, I'm not going to be governor if I don't win. Uh, what is he winning right now with this? Or is I think he's losing ground. 
quite a bit. I think I think you're seeing with Senator Bill Haggerty just endorsed Trump the other day. That's yeah. another major endorsement Trump rolls up before. They're trying to kill DeSantis in the cradle, and they're trying to show a lot of aces early in the hope that he folds. And it, and I think the poll numbers have been very bad for DeSantis. There's no yes. question. And I don't I don't know if it's Disney per se. You know that I think that's a very local issue. But he's just Trump is lobbying these body blows at him. And he's kind of just in a very difficult place to respond because he's just sort of taking it right now. But if he does attack, then he's attacking a very popular figure in the Republican Party when he's not even a candidate. And as for that law you mentioned, I think if he elects not to run, he's going to probably just elect to keep that law in place and then use that as an excuse. That's smart. Oh, yeah, I that's can't a, that's, run because I'm barred by law. That's a smart comment, John. That's exactly right. You know, I hadn't come up with a reason why they hadn't done it. But if they did do that, they would take that out away from him. I'm, I'm looking at this, and there are a lot of smart people that think he waited too long. You know, the luster of his great win, whatever it was, 19, almost 20 points, it was, it was fantastical, winning Miami-Dade, Broward, Palm Beach, all of that that Republicans usually get absolutely crushed in. I mean, it was a real statement mandate uh, domination, especially when you consider he won by a fraction of a fraction of one percent before that. Trump has never received ever, even when he did win in 2016, he squeaked by. Yeah, it's true. But it's a big difference running in in all 50 states and running in one. But still, no Republican had done what he did. Trump would win it comfortably, uh, but not like that. So DeSantis definitely, his his brand was red hot, and I think as time goes on, uh, he's now being looked upon. I think he misstepped with uh, his comments about Ukraine. I think that made it look like amateur hour, like he's not ready. And don't get me wrong, I like Ron DeSantis. I just think that um, time has not been on his side here. Yeah, it's just it's very tough because he's not a candidate and he's. He's he's trying to take what I guess appears to be the high road. Yep. And Trump goes after him on all this, you know, the, the the pudding, and he's he's putting out nasty statements on Truth Social every second. And yep. Ron the Sanctimonious, which by the way, not the greatest nickname. Nah, in, it's in not good. And, and and by the way, that's when DeSantis was winning. He handled that very well. He he acted yeah. like he liked it. And by, when you like something, even though he didn't like it, but he said he liked it, it kind of goes away quick because it's self-deprecating and you get you get away with it. I know we got to run in just a second, John. I just want to say to you, you're fascinating. Uh, you can read John at the New York Post and follow him on Twitter at Levine, L-E-V-I-N-E, Jonathan. Good to be with you, John. Thank you for having me. It is a pleasure. Much more straight ahead. It is The Brian Kilmeade Show. Much more important content straight ahead. A talk show that's real. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show. Welcome back to The Brian Kilmeade Show with Allison Pete and Eric. Harry Hurley filling in for today. Brian has the day off. Now, we're going to take, right after the bottom of the hour break, we're going to take the little test drive that we started with New York Post writer John Levine for a full-fledged, not joyride, but we'll take it for a little jaunt together where we'll get into some of this, what has I, I have a pretty good feel for what has worked for DeSantis and what has not worked for DeSantis. And you always have to take into consideration that it's very different 
in one state, the BMOC, big man on campus, it, it's it's still an, a daunting, awesome, important level position. There's only 50, and it's one of the greatest uh, launching pads to become president. Being a senator is the worst, Kennedy and Obama. That's it, basically. Nixon, I guess you could count as well. Uh, but very, very difficult path, usually from the United States Senate or the, or the legislature as a whole. Governor is the most general, obviously, especially uh, during certain early parts of our country's history. General was a great launching pad. But just being a governor, even though all 50 look in the mirror and can say, I am the president, that's not. It's very different when you have to take on the entire campaign uh, across the country. We'll talk about that and more next. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show. A radio show like no other. It's Brian Kilmeade. Welcome back to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Brian has the day off. Harry Hurley filling in. I'm with Allison, Pete, and Eric, so I'm in very, very good hands. And this segment is going to be a lot of fun. I know how much Brian loves taking your phone calls at 866-408-7669. 866-408-7669. So check in during this segment on the Brian Kilmeade Show, and you'll have the opportunity to be heard on one of the uh, top talk radio programs in the history of this uh, this format, this medium, the Brian Kilmeade Show. And, Steve, we're going to get to you in just a moment. Let me make a quick comment. Just we'll, we'll inspire some other folks to jump in at 866-408-7669. Right now it looks like Trump DeSantis, right? That uh, and, and since the indictment, since the arraignment, the, the numbers have just gone. The law of unintended consequences is always – more interesting than what you would think in, in any normal world other than bizarro world. You would say, all right, well, the leading candidate just got indicted, 34 count felonious indictment, and his poll numbers just went bananas uh, upward like a like a rocket ship and 20 million in fundraising in a week. Now, usually be the opposite. Fundraising would dry up and support would go down. Just the opposite has happened. That is the phenomenon that is Trump. And full disclosure, I was interviewed by and hired by President Trump. I worked for him uh, 31 years ago. I left him to start this amazing career in the spoken word format. And uh, so I know him well. And this doesn't surprise me. It's, it's against any law of uh, gravity or anything else, but I'm not surprised by it. Uh, so it's pretty extraordinary. And if you're DeSantis, you're thinking, oh, my gosh, I was really close or I think I was close, and now look what's happened. So we're going to talk about that. We'll talk – some of the things that have happened that I think not just the New York City uh, Alvin Bragg um, grand jury indictment, but also some things that have happened on the ground that matter. And we'll talk about that during this segment. But first, let's open up the phone lines and hear what you have to say at 866-408-7669. Stephen, Illinois, welcome to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, I was wondering uh, why can't Trump and um – DeSantis just team up. I think that would be the best way to unite the party and get everybody all on the same page. And I, I think that'd be 12 great years of service out of those guys. Well, you know, Steve, it sounds perfect because, you know, two popular guys, the two winners, 
and what DeSantis has done in Florida, if you can replicate that around the country, it would be amazing. And all of that sounds like political political nirvana. You had President Reagan that had a tough primary with future President George H.W. Bush. George H.W. Bush said voodoo economics and, you know, ran very hard to try to win the nomination. And the two of them got together. Actually, President Reagan almost ran with former President Ford. Not not time to tell that story right now. Let me tell you why this. I promise you this cannot happen. Number one, I believe that President Trump believes that Governor DeSantis crossed the Rubicon with him, even if that's not so, because Trump is very good at forgiving anything once. You do it a second time and then it's over. So you could maybe get past some of that stuff because Trump made DeSantis. DeSantis barely won. And I don't even want to get into that. Andrew Gillum was a terrible candidate. And without Trump, DeSantis doesn't become governor. Not an opinion. It's 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 got to be a fact. Here's the other persistent problem that cannot be overcome. The 12th Amendment to the Constitution. Electors cannot vote for a presidential and a vice presidential candidate who both reside in the same state. So the electors in Florida would not be able to vote for the two candidates that live in the same state. DeSantis isn't leaving Florida, and Trump is not going to leave Florida for DeSantis. They're ineligible, basically, to run together. You could There is a workout you could do, but I don't think they're going to do it. So what do you think about what you thought now? I, I don't know. I just I just want to see us win. That's what I want to see. Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you what. I mean, I'm thinking right up front, uh, and it's early because, remember, uh, Jeb Bush was winning, uh, not by a lot, but he was winning this time uh, in 2016. You just never know in this kind of thing. Bill Clinton came from nowhere. He was nowhere man. Uh, Obama trailed Hillary. Uh, you, you just don't know uh, who's going to be where when it counts the most. Trump is is unique because he was the president, and it's going to be very tough to beat him, for anyone to beat him in the primary. I'm thinking Tim Scott would be excellent, uh, and and they, they would be, I think, a tremendous ticket. And there are others. But I appreciate your call, Steve. Thank you so much for not only calling in, but for having the great taste of listening to The Brian Kilmeade Show. Stephanie joins us next in Winter Haven, Florida. Speaking of Florida, Stephanie, I, I, I didn't want to put on like a, a professorial clinic there, but what are your thoughts? Welcome to Brian's program. Thank you for having me, Brian. Um, uh, well, I just want to put it out there. I've been in Florida, you know, like 30 years. But DeSantis, I believe, is having, you know, this battle with Disney. Disney is woke. They are going woke. They have been woke for quite some time. And DeSantis is trying to get that out of our Disney. Uh, our children have no business uh, having adult issues uh, presented to them in life in any way. And this really stems to something very much deeper. And uh, it has to do with, you know, the woke DAs that are letting the crime run rampant as well. But DeSantis, I believe, is going to stay in Florida through his governorship and fight this wokeness in Disney. And I've been doing research on this Soros thing. And the woke, to me, has equaled communism with the destruction of the America, with the crime and all of that want to see a fall and then communism subjugation comes in and this is the soros agenda and um as i heard my talk about the border he said we are we are doing good in completing our mission yeah that's crazy stephanie crazy. that is yes. stephanie thank you for calling the brian kill show thanks for listening and yes i agree with much of that you know people get hung up on the word communism for some reason they accept 
Democrat socialism. They don't want it, but that seems to have a little bit less bite to it, a little softer sound to it. So I don't know if this woke, broke, joke brand, a fire brand of of Democrat socialism is communism or is it uh, communism light? Is it on deck to communism? It's at least Democrat socialism, and it is not what this country was founded upon. This is a country founded upon tremendous values, the ability to have equal opportunity, but that equal results are not guaranteed, that you've got to go out there and you've got to want it. You've got to work for it. You think Brian Kilmeade that works morning, noon, and night? I mean, this guy outworks everybody. He's up early in the morning. He's done a TV show. He's right in there doing three hours radio. He pops up on Outnumbered. He pops up guest hosting on other programs. He's on The Five as, as a pretty reoccurring panel member. He's on later in the night. He's on Saturday night. I mean, you know, so guess what? He has worked harder than anybody, so he deserves all the success that he has achieved, which is immense, including his best-selling uh, standing as, as an author. So equal opportunity, yes. Equal results, no. I do agree with you on this issue of Disney and wokeness. And, and a lot of people listening right now that know me know that I love Disney. We go multiple times each year, and I have noticed, Stephanie, in Florida, you are absolutely right. This previous president was a disaster. Iger never would have taken Disney this woke, broke joke. But look at the price Look at the price they're paying. They have enjoyed something that I think most Americans don't know. And I only disagreed with one thing that the great John Levine said in an earlier segment this hour from the New York Post, a great writer, a great thinker, and he was just spot on about everything. He said he thinks the Disney and DeSantis thing is just a local, like a Florida-centric type thing. No. No, it's not. That's a, that's a window into DeSantis's philosophy of governance Disney is so big, it's so big that people all over the country have skin in the game. And it's a unique issue that even though it affects one state, I believe that it transfers far greater in terms of the geopolitical realities of it all. I think that DeSantis, um, obviously, when, when the prior president came out, and said about Governor DeSantis and the Florida legislatures what they called uh, don't say gay, and that never said that. That infuriated DeSantis. And I'll tell you, it was very stupid because Disney should be in the business. You don't get to addition through subtraction. You don't, like, don't want to have an Anheuser-Busch, $6 billion in lost market capitalization because you choose – identity politics or your woke broke joke agenda over the the masses remember actors in hollywood never used to talk about politics and the the, the musical performers because they didn't want to alienate half their audience we're 49 percent independents as a country and we're 25 percent republican and 25 percent democrat and of the 49 percent that don't identify as either Republican or Democrat, most of them are one or the other, and they just choose to, to hang out in the middle, and sometimes they'll vote Republican, sometimes they'll vote Democrat. You don't want to divide like that. So it was a huge mistake when Walt Disney negotiated something that I don't think will ever exist again at the very formation of Disney World in Florida. And by the way, a little fun fact, fact the 
parking lot of the Magic Kingdom can hold all of Disneyland, California, just to give you an idea how big Disney World is. All of Disneyland, it's a great trivia question. You, you have my permission to use it. Use it with, with good fun and, and humor, and it's a good stat. But all of Disneyland can fit in the parking lot of the Magic Kingdom. Giving you an idea, the scope, the scale, how big Walt Disney World in Florida is. So when you have something that you're your own state, you don't have to follow the Constitution of the state of Florida. You have your own Reedy Creek district. You have your own public safety, Reedy Creek Fire Department at all. You don't you don't do what they did. Because DeSantis is ready to send them a $700 million bill, and who knows, he said it with sort of a laugh, but maybe put a prison on land that they own right next to Disney World. He's not messing around. Eric, cut 28. If you look at this whole special district, Walt Disney Corporation obviously owns a lot of it, but the district owns other land. What should we do with this land? People have said, you know, maybe maybe have a, another, uh, maybe create a state park, maybe try to do more amusement uh, parks. Uh, someone even said, like, maybe you need another state prison. Who knows? See, who knows? And I saw him say that on the Fox News channel. I saw him say that. And that was with a look in his eyes. And it was sarcasm. It was dripping just with poking at them. Let's take a listen to Governor DeSantis, who speaks further about this. Erica, 27. Here we are. And we're just going to have to um, you know, keep fighting back. And we will continue to do it because there's a larger principle at stake than just about, you know, this company and everything. It's it's ultimately uh, we are a government of laws, not a government of individual men or even a government of woke corporations based in California. And see, this is why I disagreed with earlier the, the notion that this is only a Florida issue. DeSantis, this is part of his introduction to the entire country of what kind of president he would be and that he will stand up to woke, broke corporations. It's very much beyond just the state of Florida. Let's let's get our break in, and when we come back, we'll have time to take another call. So hang in there on the phone lines, 866-408-7669. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show. Want even more, Brian? Download the podcast at com. Every episode, exclusive interviews on demand. More of Kilmeade coming up. The more you listen, the more you'll know. It's Brian Kilmeade. Close enough. It is the Brian Kilmeade Show. Brian has the day off. Harry Hurley partnering today with Allison Pete and Eric, Brian's wonderful team that make this um, such a privilege to actually fill in today for Brian. All right, this is going to be great because your participation, I know Brian loves it so much. He thanks you every hour of his program. He doesn't have a job. If you don't listen and you don't watch, I mean, so he's so appreciative, as am I as his friend. And we're going to go to David in Orlando. Uh, and I, I I know where you're coming from because you gave us a little bit of a window into that you are a big supporter or you were a big supporter of DeSantis and that you're turned off about the Disney uh, move that he made. And I'm, I'm going to tell you that I initially thought, wow, they came at him hard and try to make him that he's a racist 
and 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 that misogynists and any type of label you want to hit somebody with and that don't say gay when it never said anything like that. They just made this stuff up out of whole cloth. And I thought, you know what? DeSantis is striking back. It, it shows leadership. It shows a positive aggression. And what but what I would have done, David, in Orlando, and we welcome you to the Brian Kilmeade show, what I would have done, I would have taken Disney to the precipice. Take a take, take a peek down. That's about, I don't know, infinity. That's not a thousand feet down. That's infinity. You're going to be flying down for all of time. What I could have done to you, I could have taken away this from you, could have taken away that from you, your own district, your own state, your own ability to do what you've been able to do for you know more than 60 years. And then I wouldn't have done it. And it's one of those things where just because you have the power to do something doesn't mean you have to do it. So I'm going to tell you, I also like DeSantis a lot, but I did not like how he's handled this Disney thing either. I still want this to be an interesting call that we don't just agree with each other uh, for the sake of that. But what are your thoughts, not only about what I just said, but your own thoughts about what Governor DeSantis has done relative to Disney? I understand it's turned you off. Well, what turned me off is that he's threatening the entire uh, Central Florida, or are threatening our our economy because I mean the tourism is our number one uh, uh, industry here in Central Florida, and I like when he dis- disassembled the Ready Creek, a special uh, Disney district. You know, well now, like no that. Disney. Th- th- listen, David, the Reedy Creek district was set up by Disney. DeSantis set up a board. And Disney actually outmaneuvered him and has control of the board. Let me let me get Brian in real quick, David. I know where you're coming from. I know why you supported him. I know what you're turned off about. Do remember, DeSantis is also uh, threatening to send them a $700 million tax bill uh, because if you put them in standing where they should have been paying taxes. Uh, but, of course, they did do a lot if you want to call them leasehold improvements and built so many roads and things. There's a lot here. Brian is in Raleigh, North Carolina. Brian, your thoughts on the Brian Kilmeade show? Um, hi, uh, I, I was listening to one of your callers earlier um, from Florida. I know you guys are spending a lot of time talking about um, DeSantis and and sort of, you know, like, I guess his agenda, this anti-woke thing. And I'm kind of sort of upset with hearing this word over and over. But um, but I had called in because when I hear these things where we're 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 pushing sort of that social, you know, agenda, I don't understand why nobody – I have children in middle school and elementary school, and I don't understand why people look past that. Man, it, it, these bills or these – we're going to ban books. We're going to do it. But, uh, but so many people put these smartphones in their kids' hands and send them off to school, man, at like 11 years old. Now, that's and, a good point. Brian, we're out of time, but that's a very good point. On one hand, you're upset about the curriculum. On the other, they have a device that – well, maybe some of them have parental controls, but perhaps many of them do not. Brian, it's a fair point. Wish we had more time to explore it next time. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show. From the Fox News Radio Studios in Midtown Manhattan, it's the fastest growing radio talk show. Brian Kilmeade. Welcome back to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Yes, he's earned that. He's earned that label. Brian has the day off. I'm Harry Hurley, working today with, of course, Allison Pete and Eric, so you know that I'm in the best of hands, the great team 
from the Brian Kilmeade Show. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show, and a very busy news hour begins right now. Brian is, of course, on the Mount Rushmore of talk radio programs in America today. Only room for four, and he's not fourth in my view. You can follow Brian at briankilmead.com, thebriankilmeadshow.com, the best-selling author, New York Times best-selling author. Uh, his latest book, because it's the paperback edition, so there's new content. You want to put that, pair that with the hardback edition that you already have. Go to briankilmead.com, the president and the freedom fighter, Abraham Lincoln, Frederick Douglass, and their battle to save America's soul. The paperback edition is available at briankilmead.com. On the Brian Kilmeade Show Newsmaker Hotline is a – I've had the privilege of interviewing John uh, previously on Brian's program. John Yanarelli is retired FBI, was a member of the executive staff of the FBI Cyber Division, member of the FBI SWAT team. He retired from the FBI after a career of more than two decades – during which time he was a member of the FBI SWAT team and participated in the investigations of the Oklahoma City bombing and the 9-11 attack on September 11, 2001. I vividly remember both, of course. I was on air during the September 11th attack live when the terrorist enemy hit us, and I conducted a number of interviews with Governor Keating about Oklahoma City and what happened there. So John Yanarelli, very relevant in uh, two very significant, horrific moments in our country's history. John, welcome to Brian's program. Good morning, Harry. Thanks for having me back. It is a pleasure. And let's start with this artificial intelligence. Uh, Elon Musk has done the country a great service. He's brought out a lot of truth that the government was actually uh, invading our own private messages and all the different uh, Twitter content. Uh, as I say, it can... can it, also including private messages that the normal person would think, hey, you know, I, I think I'm only having a conversation with you. I'm not expecting my government is eavesdropping. I, I don't know about you, but I know for me, I treat everything. I treat everything I say like the mic is on, and I treat everything that I write that it could be broadcasted or printed in a newspaper because that is the country we live in now. Uh, I, I almost believe there's no – should be no expectation of privacy. Of course there should be, but it's not playing that way. So Elon Musk tells the world in a very definitive interview where Tucker Carlson actually made the news by asking the follow-up question. Because, you know, Elon Musk is just talking about the government and the content on Twitter. But then Tucker Carlson says, but does that include the DM, the direct messaging? Elon Musk offers the goods. I don't think he was going to give it up uh, necessarily. Not that I think he would have held it back. But maybe it just wasn't on his mind. Tucker asks the definitive follow-up question, and we get this news that I think, John, transfers to the other social media platforms. It's not just Twitter. We just know about that because Musk purchased it and has been transparent with the American people. What do you think about all that? There is a lot going on in the AI world. You know, for years, people were thinking of AI in terms of, oh, killer robots. Well, you know, that is not what we're concerned about. You're absolutely right. It's the privacy issues. And I'll tell you, Harry, privacy, if it's not dead, it's on its last legs yep. because everything is being monitored and everything can be seen. 
We have short memories here in the general public. Remember just a couple of years ago when it became known that government spy agencies could view us through our smart televisions and yep. see what we were doing to gather information? Yep. All of that information is out there. Everything you're doing, you're right. The mic is hot whenever you're online, whenever you're doing anything. And the real problem, though, with AI, as far as I'm concerned, it's how it can be biased, how the people who write the algorithms can show you the information they want you to see and make it very difficult to see the information you want to see. And that is not going to change. It's not going to be turning back the clock of AI. We have to be aware of it so we can counter it. And, John, you this is why you're John Yannarelli, a legend in the FBI, and I'm not, because this is what Musk said last night in that Fox News Channel interview with Tucker. He said AI can be manipulated. The ability to write well and in a convincing way will manipulate public opinion. And most people – and I'm not calling anybody – this is a very bright audience. I, I call the Kilmeade audience 99.9% infinity in terms of most informed citizens in America because they love their country. They care. They're listening to Brian because he's, he's got such a, you know, a, a relevant, incredibly viable program with great content and great guests like you, John Yannarelli. And so when I say that, if you read something that – they know what they're doing. They're pushing buttons. They're triggering. They they go right to the to the wheelhouse of a of a of a profile of a citizen in America where they say, "Hey, I agree with everything I just read." Meanwhile, it's some bot that did it to manipulate perhaps who you will vote for, who you won't vote for, so they can disqualify who they want to disqualify. They can lift up who they want to lift up. You know, this is not new. Uh, During the election of 2016, people used to call me all the time, John, and say, hey, if you call if you you do a search on Hillary Clinton, it's all wonderful. My gosh, beautiful bouquet of flowers. Phenomenal. Best thing since the toaster sliced bread. She's the best. Then it's if you look up somebody else, they're the worst person creature that's ever walked the face of the earth. So this this can be manipulated in ways that people really don't think about, John. You're right. And also, you have to look at it from the other angle. So think about the last time you Google searched a product you wanted to buy or a car. Now you can't turn on your social media without being inundated with those particular articles. Well, you can reverse that as well. When you're searching for things, now the government or other entities can see what you are doing and maybe target you. For example, maybe you're interested in the way the school board is treating your children and you have some issues with that. Well, are you now on the watch list because you're raising questions about how people are operating within the government? It's a two-sided thing with AI, and that's why it's not going away But be aware of it so that you can control what you're doing and how companies or, God forbid, the government may look at you. John Yannarelli on The Brian Kilmeade Show. John, uh, you know about this chat GPT. I've been messing around with it. And it's pretty invasive just to even get a sign on. They ask a lot of questions and things. You have to give up a lot of content just to be able to get on there. So I I talked to Eric about it before airtime and Pete 
So it's at the 3.5 available level right now, but 4.0 and 4.5, it's evolving as we speak. One of the things that Elon Musk talked about on the Fox News Channel with Tucker last night, and part two is tonight, uh, it's really fascinating. He said they're teaching, and whoever they are, I, I got to believe that's you know the usual suspects, uh, they are teaching artificial intelligence to lie, to be tricky, and things that I believe can become very, very dangerous. So he's talking about launching his own truth GPT that because he wants to create something to counter what will be this propaganda and this sneakiness that they're going to be doing. What are your thoughts about that, John? It's another problem with the AI world. So behind every application, there is a programmer. And that programmer is writing programs and algorithms based on their frame of reference. So what you call a lie, the programmer may see as the truth, as what they want, or they might intentionally be trying to deceive you. So you're getting not the unfiltered opinion, but rather the opinions of the people who designed the program. Even more so, you said about all the steps you have to take to use chat GPT. AI is taking all your personal information, not just the data you put in to register for an account, but everything you do afterwards, and it all gets stored and saved so that they know more about you than maybe some people in your own family know about you. That's where we're going with this technology. What a comment. John Yattarelli on The Brian Kilmeade Show. When you follow John after today's interview on Brian's program, his Twitter handle, at FBI John. Very, very simple, John, traditional J-O-H-N, FBI John. In terms of the uh, Biden family, let's shift gears from AI. Uh, Congressman Chairman uh, Comer today announced six more Biden family members are part of this whole Biden plot. That makes nine. What is your take on what we know so far, John? So we're seeing an investigation evolve. And Biden family aside, it's not in unusual in the political world that people are always being scrutinized and looked at. But as it's growing and growing, certainly there's going to be more information coming out. It's not to say that everything that happened is necessarily nefarious. But if there's some criminal activity, hopefully people are going to be held accountable. More importantly, The American people, I don't care if you're Republican, I don't care if you're Democrat, we want to be able to trust our politicians and have confidence in our government. And that's why it's so important we have transparency on not only the current issues, but you know what, Harry? There's going to be future issues with the next president and the president after that. We need to make sure that— John, how curious, though, are you about—and I know you're an intellectually curious guy—about— it used to be said more than 100. I think I heard Comer say that there's— Hundreds, more than 200 of these suspicious transaction reports uh, 31 years ago, uh, right before starting this career, when I left President Trump, I was a bank officer for three years, and I learned about these reports back in that day. Uh, Comer says he's never heard of anybody in American history that's had hundreds of suspicious activity reports. I understand that that doesn't mean that every one of them is a criminal charge and guilt uh, guilty of some criminal offense. But this sure does seem like a very complicated enterprise of moving millions around to other places 
and then ultimately it seems to find its way, at least we know from the one bank account, one million of three million showed up in the bank accounts of three Bidens, one Hunter, one Bo's uh, former wife, uh, and an unnamed Biden. That all looks very, very suspicious, John. You know, Harry, you just brought us full circle because years ago it all would have been on paper, and that's why you would not have strung things together because of the difficulty of going through hundreds of thousands of pages. But because everything now is computerized in these SAR reports that we have, they're able to track and see all this. It's a lot harder to hide any sort of bad activity or any activity in general, and that's why they're bringing up all these incidences. You're correct. It does not look good. But, of course, as an FBI, former FBI agent, I never pass judgment. I look at the facts, and I let the facts speak for themselves. I think we're going to see that in this case. Yeah. You think ultimately we're going to have a lot of transparency? I know they're trying. Comer's trying to get these documents. Uh, it's been slow walked. When, when Republicans were in the minority, it was outrageous. They were told, we can't give you any of this because you're not in the majority. Who ever heard of such a thing like that? A member of Congress has to be in the majority to get information. I mean, that was outrageous. Then they're in the majority, and then they're told you can't have it for another reason. So they're fortunately, they're getting these. There's a lot of cooperating witnesses, and they're subpoenaing, as you know, a lot of different institutions. So they're going to get it. And Comer seems to indicate there's more than 12 banks involved. And I, I don't know about you. And I, I'm with you, John, with your school on that, that I wish the other side played that way because they don't treat you. Uh, Nancy Pelosi said President Trump has the right to go face a jury and prove he's innocent. I mean, if that's not one of the most un-American qu- quotes, comments ever made, a woman who twice was Speaker of the House that doesn't understand that you're innocent like you're talking about until proven guilty. They want you to be guilty and then you have to find a way, sort of Stasi, Soviet style. You have to find a way to prove you're innocent. That's just un-American and outrageous. But I never thought Absolutely. it was going to – I was just going to say I never – and then you take it away, John. I never thought it was going to be nine family members, and maybe it's more. This is bigger than I thought. I thought it would be Hunter. I thought it would be Jim. I was a little surprised even at the, the former wife because I figured all that would go through somebody else. And, and, and I believe the president – is the big guy and maybe the unnamed one. I never thought there were six more. Uh, I don't know if this is bigger than you potentially thought it was. I am a little surprised. Uh, and, of course, I'm sure that they're being extremely thorough and digging up everything that could be found. You know, if you think back to the last administration, how many family members were accused of engaging in bad activities and not necessarily true in many of those cases which is why, once yeah. again, being totally non-political here, Harry, I think it's important that we let the facts speak for themselves as they continue to be discovered and come out. I want our government to be transparent. I want our government to be honest. Yep. But when it's not happening, people need to be held accountable. John, you're very fair. You're a very good man. I wish everybody would, would approach it with that degree of, uh, you know, Americanism. That's the way it used to be. You know, the word indictment, we have to go. We're at a hard break, John. But the word indictment used to just mean accusation. Now they make indictment. You're, you might as well be convicted. They, they, they make the accusation uh, as though you've, you've committed the crime. John, you're always interesting, so interesting to talk to. Good to visit with you today on Brian Kilmeade's program.
Harry, thanks for having me, and take care. You do the same. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Much more straight ahead, including your calls at 866-408-7669. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show. Expanding your knowledge base, it's The Brian Kilmeade Show. If you're interested in it, Brian's talking about it. You're with Brian Kilmeade. Welcome back. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. All right, what I want to do, we're going to prime the pump right now. And when we come back after the bottom of the hour break, we want to go to your phone calls at 866-408-7669. I know it's one of Brian's favorite things to do, and that is to speak with you on the Brian Kilmeade Show phone lines. 866 408 7669. Now, there are a lot of topics on the table this hour. You've got Congressman Comer and his pronouncement that six more Biden family members are now tied to this whole Biden Inc. or whatever you want to call it, this uh, this company or whatever going on that this money is coming in the way that it did and when it did. And there's just so many things about it right after the vice president, then vice president left office. All this started to uh, to ramp up. Uh, I believe that it's that he never thought he was running and that, that this was his turn to uh, you know, to make money is, is what I think. Let's see what the um, what the facts, what the truth will ultimately bring out. Remember, our president said he's never talked to his son about his business dealings. We know that's not true. Thank you, Peter Ducey, because he he got that answer. And that answer was a intellectually dishonest one that Peter Ducey achieved. And it's been provably, demonstrably uh, untrue. And there are many other things that are that will be coming out. Of course, we have the whole uh, process to select the president in 2024. If you want to talk about that, anything that you want to talk about relative to the important issues of the day, the phone lines are open right now at 866-408-7669, 866-408-7669. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show, and we will be right back. Radio that makes you think. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. It is the Brian Kilmeade Show. Brian's friend Harry Hurley filling in today. Brian has a day off. I'm partnering with Allison, Pete, and Eric, uh, the Dream Team, and uh, a thrill, an honor, and a privilege to be here with you, filling in for Brian. And the phone lines are open because I know that's one of Brian's favorite things is to speak to you, his valued listeners and callers. 866-408-7669. Phone lines are open on the Brian Kilmeade Show. We're going to prove it right now to Daytona, Florida. We go to Brian Kilmeade listener Jim. He wants to talk about the indictment of President Trump. Jim, welcome to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Hey, Harry. It's nice to be on the air and speak to you. Um, love Brian. Love his sense of history. Oh, he's great. He's great. And, uh, you know, one thing about that that I don't ever get about the Democrats, I really don't get this. They don't seem to understand Trump, and they don't seem to understand what makes him popular, because by indicting him and persecuting him and constantly bringing him up, yes. they're martyring him. They're making exactly. a martyr of him. Yeah, well, hey, Jim, you, 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 you have know, it all figured out. Uh, he, there is a thing. I know people think it's just a shtick or a cliche. Trump derangement syndrome is real. He triggers them. They're, they, they hate him more than they love our country. 
and they always go too far. And there's an expression that every knock is a boost. And look what they've done. Trump raised $20 million in a week following the arraignment and, and, and the news of his indictment. They overcharged. You have a situation where you have this this goofy D.A., who ran on bragging about I've sued Trump a hundred times and just like the uh, attorney general in New York, Letitia James, said I'm going to uh, go after Trump and everyone in the Trump orbit. That's not our country, Jim, as you know. You you prosecute crime. You don't pick a person and then completely investigate their entire life and try to – that's Soviet. That's Beria. That, that's Stalin. That That's exactly what we're not supposed to be. And, and on this indictment, Jim – FEC looked at it, didn't charge. Attorney General looked at it of New York, didn't charge. Former Manhattan DA, Cy Vance, son of the Cy Vance with Jimmy Carter, uh, looked at it, didn't charge. Even Bragg passed on it. And then he resurrected a zombie case, overcharged, bootstrapped garbage to it so that he could say then it's felonious. And all he did was lift Trump's poll numbers and fatten Trump's coffers. Stupid. That's true. That's exactly right. And uh, he will end up in the White House if they put him in an orange jumpsuit. I don't think it's going to come to that. I, I this Look, New York, it's possible. This Judges could just keep denying motions to dismiss. He may have to go through the whole darn deal, and it would be terrible, a show trial uh, in Manhattan. Understand it's not an accident that Trump's jeopardy is in Manhattan, Washington, D.C., and Fulton County, Georgia. You can't pick three more liberal places if you tried. So they're even judge shopping, they're location shopping, jurisdiction shopping. Uh, if he's convicted, and it's possible that, that he may have to go the full route of this trial and that a jury in Manhattan could possibly convict him, it will be overturned. The first reasonable person... That's not Trump arranged that looks at this will throw it out because the D.A. doesn't even have standing to bring the uh, federal charges. And he just couldn't help himself. Jim, good to take your call. Thanks for listening to the Brian Kilmeade show. We head to Michigan. Jeff joins the program. I know he's going to talk about China. And, Jeff, the time is yours. Welcome to the Brian Kilmeade show. Uh, What are your thoughts uh, about the topic you'd like to address on Brian's program? Yeah, thank you very much uh, for taking my call. Yep. Uh, just just a note, I've been uh, nearly 40 year residents of this green township just outside of Big Rapids, Michigan, predominantly a, a rural uh, area. And uh, we have a, a township board that's, that's run amok that's bringing in, trying to bring in a, a Goshen uh, Chinese battery uh, components plant. Uh, and it's just, you know, when you look around what's happening in the country, uh, the citizens here are, like, throwing up their hands and just saying, really? Are you, I mean, I'm a businessman. I've been in private practice for all 30 years. Uh, I'm not against business. I'm not against economic growth. But when you look at what's happening, uh, we're just unbelievable of, of, of what's, you know, potentially coming into our into our community. Yeah. Uh, you know, we you, you say you look at TikTok, you look at spy balloons, you look at our pharmaceutical industry, on and on and on, and we're going, Really? Like, you, you want to be a part of this. Uh, it's traced back to Goshen High Tech Limited uh, from Shanghai, China, connections to the CCP, and on and on and on. 
and yet they're pushing for this for the promise of nearly 2,000 jobs over a decade. Right. It's, it's a mess. Uh, Jeff, I want to thank you for calling Brian's program. I'll comment briefly, and we're going to take as many calls as we can uh, on the Brian Kilmeade Show in this segment. Jeff, we have a president right now that the position of the government is that TikTok bears watching and that there's something that needs to be done about it, and there's concerns about all kinds of issues involving spying. But at the same time, that's the policy that it's that TikTok is a problem, and you can see many governments won't allow it on their devices, their servers. At the same time, it's a problem, and the position of the government, they also are bringing TikTok people in a part of their political operation in the White House. It's, it's disjointed. It's, it's disgraceful. And we have to stop allowing China to buy all this farmland and to have such control of the chips and the automobiles. You know, an electric car is thousands of chips, hundreds of chips in the typical car of the combustion engine type. we got to be in the business of making them, not buying them from China and all the other things uh, that, that we see that China is just taking full advantage of this um, incoherent president. Lisa is in Orlando, Florida, listening on WDBO. Welcome to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Lisa, hi there. Hi. How are you? Good. Thanks for asking. Good. Good to speak with you. I've never done this before. <laughs> well, I promise it will be painless, and the time is yours. What did you want to say? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. No, yeah. I just feel like I have nowhere to speak. I feel like I have no voice um, in the current climate that we live in, and I watch and listen to what Biden is getting away with, what his family is getting away with, and the GOP, I mean, they're doing the best they can. I have all respect for our politicians, but something has to be done. I mean, the average American just sitting back and watching this, and there's inflation, there's recession, there's fentanyl, there's the border, and it's just there's nothing done. Well, Lisa, let me me give this to you. Let me me share this with you, and and I want to restore your faith, because that's what elections are all about. We are now in an election cycle, and in Mm -hmm. this election cycle, one of the greatest things about this A lot of times people say, oh, my gosh, I can't tell the difference between the two candidates. I can't tell the difference between the two parties. That's not the case. This is the most important election in 2024 that's coming up. It'll be here before you know it of our Mm -hmm. lifetime. One of the most important since the Civil War. This is Mm -hmm. about we're a tipping point moment, Lisa. This is about whether we will be a representative republic that believes in free market capitalism or are we going to tip into the abyss and become a democratic socialist regime. That's what they're going for. That's what all this control is about. That's why they limited what people could write during the last election. That's why they wanted to keep that going. Fortunately, the um, the cat's out of the bag now, and we know what they've been doing, so that's going to help stop some of the other platforms that, that probably are engaging in the same kind of thing. This is going to be an election about do you want $2 a gallon gas or do you want $8 a gallon gas? Do you believe that we can be an electric company, no gas stoves, no uh, combustion engine, gasoline engine uh, that that we see already in California, for example, where they told people at a period in time, you can't you can't drive your cars, you can't charge your cars. Oh, Oh, I see. We can't have the car we want. You're making us get this car that costs so much more. And now you tell us when we can drive it and when we can't drive it. Lisa, this election is going to give the American people the opportunity to be heard. I thank you 
uh, for calling for, and you indicated you're a first-time caller to the Brian Kilmeade Show. It's always an honor to take a first-time call. We're going to go to Jeremy in Midland, Texas. And, Jeremy, I know a little bit about what's on your mind about um, how does America come back after all the corruption. I'll, I'll give you an opening quick salvo, and you take it from there, Jeremy. I say we come back when we drill again. We were energy independent, a net oil exporter. Gas was in the $2 a gallon range. Inflation was about zero. The highest wages that every demographic, race, creed, color, nothing mattered. Every demographic came along for the revolution, if you will, and earned like they never had before. And you never heard about 70-some percent of the American people living paycheck to paycheck. We get our mojo back by returning to the values that this country is all all about. Individualism, rugged individualism, working hard. Uh, being able to keep we have these states, Jeremy, and I know you know this. We have these states where you have people that need to make three hundred thousand dollars in San Francisco, for example, and other uh, cities and and states like California to make one hundred thousand dollars. So it's confiscation level type stuff. Your thoughts? Yes, sir. And it's more about the trust in in the government. Like we, FBI is corrupted beyond all, like beyond repair. Probably, it, it's a. To me, it's about building back the trust. How do we trust in the government again? Like we can build back the economy, awesome and and all that, but yet we well, I don't trust them. Jeremy, you raise a great point, and I guarantee, if we polled America on the Brian Kilmeade show, most Americans do not trust the government. They see fake FISA warrants. They see dropping the hammer on who they perceive as their political enemies. They give big breaks. How's Hunter Biden under investigation since 2019? What does it take to say, hey, was that gun? Was that a problem, that gun in the application when you said that you didn't do drugs and you're on your own uh, video that you did and, and all these transactions and things? So they take care of who they want to take care of. Uh, they they hammer who they want to hammer. How does Peter Navarro go out in chains at an airport when his office and the FBI are right across the street, but then they treat the other side with kid gloves, raid on Trump? Uh, hey, Joe Biden is cooperating. I mean, it's just it, it, you have a reason not to trust your government right now, but we can and we will do better. And as I said to the caller in Orlando, Lisa, it's about winning elections and a different philosophy of governance and not weaponizing our institutions, the IRS, law enforcement, and so on, and we can do better. Jeremy, thank you for the call. Jim is going to join us now on the Brian Kilmeade Show from St. Augustine, and some say St. Augustine, Florida, and he's going to talk about the former speaker, uh, Mrs. Pelosi. Jim, welcome to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Yes, thank you. First time, long time. Awesome. Just to make it real quick. Here, what you said was you're guilty to proven innocent with what Nancy Pelosi said. She did. My issue is, I don't know how no one sees it, but here we have someone that's been in our government for how long and not know the laws. Well, here's the thing. Oh, oh, no, 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 Jim. She knows the law, but this is the twisted rules for their perceived political enemies. They want their perceived political enemies to be guilty and must prove their innocence. She well knows, Jim the actual law she knows 
that yeah, the presumption of innocence. Yeah, but the American people and the trust. Like I, that guy before, he said yeah. about trusting the government. He's right. How can you trust these people when they can't even tell the truth to the normal people because of their well, political ways? Here's how. We have to put different people in, and they have to earn it. And it and it's very, very challenging. Jim, thanks for being a first-time caller. That's uh, awesome news for any talk radio personality to hear. And you've chosen well because you've chosen the Brian Kilmeade program. To Salem, Oregon, we go. Ron, listening over KSLM. Ron, welcome to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Thank you very much, sir. I'm going to hit three points. What California, Oregon, and Washington got coming? Number one, Washington and California and Oregon are passing laws that undermine parental authority to give the kids under reproduction the right to uh, gender mutilation, with, uh, where they can take puberty blockers and and everything else. And, Ron, Ron, remember and now, remember, that's why we talk about elections have consequences. You had an election and a very liberal person won that majority uh, clinching seat on your highest court. Uh, big problems coming for Oregon. You've got a super left, hard left of center court. Where do you see the psychedelic stuff that's going to be coming? Ten, ten years old. Think about that. And if your parents want or the doctor want to stop it, they will find you and throw you in jail for six two hundred fifty dollars and a year in jail or both. And what it automatically says, and we just had a bust on a, uh, you know how they have the uh, child uh, porn bus. You had teachers, you had assistants at schools, even at a Catholic school outside of Portland, Wilsonville. And then you're going to have those people grooming your kids through the unions? Ron, I've got to run. We're going to, we're going to come back strong. Don't go away on the phone lines. Uh, I hear what you're saying. There's a lot of frustration, a lot of pent-up anger even. Uh, a lot of schools, they caught some of them on hidden camera where they say, hey, we don't call it this. We call it that. And then we kind of get away with it that way. There's a lot of sneaky stuff going on. That's why parents really need uh, to be super parents because there's a lot of tough stuff that's going on. We'll be right back. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show. Both sides, all opinions. It's Brian Kilmeade. Breaking news, unique opinions. Hear it all on The Brian Kilmeade Show. Welcome back. It is The Brian Kilmeade Show. Allison, Pete, Eric, yours truly, Harry, filling in today for Brian, who has the day off. We're taking your phone calls at 866-408-7669. One of Brian's favorite things to do is to take your phone calls, so we're honoring that, of course. Scott is in Florida. He's at the Villages. What a wonderful community. Listening to the Brian Kilmeade Show on WDBO. Scott, the time is yours. You've got a very good topic here about Republicans and President Trump focusing on issues and not getting distracted on the stupid stuff. Those are my words at the end, but I know that's basically what you're thinking, what you're talking about. Your thoughts? It most certainly is. And let me be Johnny Raincloud here for just a Ah. second because the weeks and the months – um, leading up to last year's midterms, I heard Marsha Blackburn and Rick Scott and Newt Gingrich say there's going to be a 40-seat red wave. Well, that never happened. And why is that? Our message is never as strong as the Democrats' message. And I hope that Donald Trump focuses on on the policies and what he can do for the country and not little Marco, Ron Right, the sanctimonious and all that. Scott, Scott, let me me chime in because I'm buying what you're selling. 
But in terms of that midterm election that should have been a wave election, let's not forget a leak that our whole system doesn't seem very anxious to find out. You know, it's amazing. We found the leaker in, in five seconds, you know, the classified information. But the uh, and, and I'm going to have to say this to you, Scott, with you hopefully listening still, because we're running out of time. We're running out of show uh, for the hour. So here's my take on this. You have a situation where Republicans should have had a wave election. The Democrats knew every high hyperinflation, runaway inflation, everything was going terrible, everything, Afghanistan, all of it, you name all of it, just going terribly. People paying energy like they never paid before, just terrible. Uh, If I didn't say runaway inflation, I'll say it three times. And you have a situation where they leak this out so that you don't have to talk about how bad they are, but you scare everybody with this abortion issue. It worked. It was the difference. It really was. But your point is still well taken. On behalf of Allison Pete and Eric Harry Hurley, filling in for Brian Kilmeade. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show. The Will Cain Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Cain as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.